0: As you know, I've partnered up with Full House Comedy, formerly Back alley Comedy Club, to talk about the comedians that come to town. Craig Shoemaker will be in town September 23rd, 24th and 25th. Get tickets at fullhousecomedy.com. The 23rd is at Spectrum Lanes in Wyoming, the 24th, Billy's Lounge. I'm planning on going to that one in Grand Rapids, and then 25th, September 25th, of at Back Alley Comedy Club, part of Sherman Bowling Center. Craig's been around since 1980 Oh my god, he has seen so much over the years He does just about everything Produces, directs, acts, writes Stand-up, of course Uh, Check out my time with the one and only Craig Shoemaker Mr. Craig, how are you? I'm fantastic, Mr. Zane How are you doing? Never better. Um, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Are you related to Billy Zane, by any chance? No, I get that. There's an old school uh, bodybuilder by the name of Frank Zane, 70s and 80s. That's you? No, I win. <laughs> He's on. Uh, uh, back in the day, I was really into lifting weights. I was like, I like that guy, Frank Zane. And then I was going to my first radio job, and I was like, I think I'm going to, that's going to, because my real last name is Zaytunian. This beautiful oh, okay. ar- beautiful armenian name why wouldn't i stick with that you know I, I i wonder if uh if billy zane's real name is zartunian i'll have yeah, to ask him that you're, you're, you're aud- actually friends with billy zane well he auditioned for me i had, i was casting a movie called totally baked right. and, I, and i met him first time i met him though, was really weird it was after that movie dead calm i had just seen it and he played one of the most evil people i've ever seen in my life To poor nicole kidman was terrorized and so was i and and literally two days later, I went to my friend's house, and he was at the door, like one of the first guests. I went, ah! <laughs> I scared. That's so weird about being in Hollywood. You have situations like that. And then the next thing I know, he's in my living room auditioning for my pot movie. I have a prediction that of all the things you do in show business, and we'll talk about what as much as we can in the time that we have together, that you love stand-up the most. Wow, I thought you were going a uh, different direction. No. I, you, are, I, you, you are incorrect. No? Okay, damn it. Okay. The reason why I said that was because, um, you know, not everybody will, will come to the various spots in Michigan and, and, sh- and sh- work as much as you work. And small towns, big towns, you do it all. I mean, you go all yeah. over the place. And I thought well, to myself, somebody's really got to uh, <laughs> spend a lot of time doing that. I, I thought perhaps that was your number one love. Well, don't, don't get me wrong. I, it's the number one thing I do the best. And uh, so, and it's the number one money maker for since high school. I've been doing it since high school, and I've got the craft down. I put I put in my more than ten thousand hours to become an expert. But if you're asking me what I love to do, what I passion for, the only problem with stand up is it's solo. Like I'm coming to Michigan, it's solo all week. I mean, my friend Sarah Halstead's opening for me, but that's about it. And I love producing. I like producing television and film. I've got a few shows out now, putting that together, watching people's faces, you know, creating, co-creating, uh, enjoying that they're they have a job that I'm putting people to work and we're we're doing it together in unison and I mean that is just gold to me. And then I can do I don't need audiences for that approval you know what i mean like I, I've, I've been through that already i get standing ovations and stuff like that so that part of my life is kind of like yeah okay you did that so now i look forward to more ventures of uh, where i can have other people involved and uh but i do love stand up i do love the connection with the audience and yeah you know causing them to laugh which is exactly this is unfortunate about watching the news so much we're the last, I mean, they're trying to get rid of us. You know, the, the comedians, we're the truth tellers. Yeah. You know, they're, they're all worried about our language. I said, you think I'm going to mess up your kid? You know, like, was, you know, look, because I've dropped an F-bomb. I and mean, look what they're seeing on television. They're seeing real bombs and real deaths and all destruction. And they're desensitized that you think I'm going to affect them. And so... It just bothers me. I'd love to shift the paradigm here and have people have a better understanding. That com- comedians are the essential workers of the world that are just misunderstood. Or, you know, laughter being the best medicine. I have an organization called Laughter Heals, and that's really that's another thing I'm passionate about is the awareness of this power that we possess. This this healing mechanism that we have within us. It just isn't talked about enough. That's why I come on podcasts because yep. they won't have you on television where they go let's go to the commercial with 19 drugs with 100 side effects right on. <laughs> oh. you know it's interesting yeah uh yeah. sorry i didn't mean to step on you, but uh it isn't often you get to talk to somebody who's been in show business doing comedy for as. because you started in 1980 you have seen it all Craig. yeah you have you've have, and i i if you could um Going back to when you first started uh was it like right away you got a a, a taste a sense that that rush of when people like what you're doing is that yeah. is that what hooked you in it you you're really saying it exactly it's the taste is the crack or whatever drug of choice you know you have i mean it was the first laugh i mean I had gotten laughs my whole life i mean that's how I got into comedy i mean like life started as a comedy tragedy. My dad left when I was born. I'm like, something I said, wah, he's gone. You know, I was like, so right out of the gate, I'm a comedian. So I didn't have a choice. And, you know, getting out of fights in Philadelphia, I was five foot one, 92 pounds. And, you know, and comedy just really worked. And I would see how it makes people feel better. It's, it's a magnetic draw you know, that you have when you, when you're really good at making people laugh. So that, that connection happened now of course i can look back at it and identify it as that at the time i'm going oh i'm gonna get laid (laughs) whatever Whatever it is but you know the objectives just have shifted through growth and things and experiences and i i really still love to have people come up to me after shows and go i normally don't laugh or i feel like saying that's very sad (laughs) you know but but you made me laugh and and I'm going, oh, great, you know, so, but but we all need to do that more, you know, and go to comedy shows and fill it up. You know, right, I mean, this man. Is, you're going to build your immunity system, your immune system. and yeah. It's going to be built and your stresses will be relieved. This is all for sure, by the way. This is like this is all clinically proven by people say, look at science. Yeah, this is scientific proof that and it's just misunderstood. It's it's diminished. And, uh, you know, I'm here to be Johnny Laughter Seed and spread the word. And I'm coming to Michigan for the first time in that part of Michigan in a long time, probably since the 80s. You are uh, going to be in West Michigan. The first room is at Spectrum Lanes. That's, they really did a nice job with that place. It is a beautiful, beautiful house. And yeah. uh, you're going to love it there. And then... I just got off the phone with uh, Michelle McCormick. She's an old friend from Oh my god. radio and she is she by the way, I've toured I've done every show from Howard Stern to Bob and Tom, to Rick Dees, all of them, right? Everything. Yeah. Every yeah. radio show. She's truly one of the best I've ever found in radio. She's used to have a talk show in Detroit. Yeah. So I just talked to her a few minutes ago and she told me all these rooms that I'm playing are really cool rooms. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. you' you're uh you have that and then uh, you're going to be at back alley in Muskegon, which is a gigantic facility so the guy who runs all this is Don Veltman, who booked you and he's a professional former professional bowler, so he you know he owns a bowling uh a bowling alley uh, up north and it it he's just got this kind of like vibe and he started booking on his own because um he started to have these little back alley comedy clubs in all these different locations so um he just started booking on his own, and I see he's just got some great names. And I'm I, very- yeah, I had no idea that was his background. I said, I didn't know it. I just saw this booking come in. I said, sure. My, I have a new sister who lives in Michigan, and I wanted to see her. I, I, I say she's a new sister. My dad was a cult leader, and he had like this harem of women, and one <laughs> of the women kind of escaped. What? And she you know, had this kid that's my, basically my sister, but we never were in touch until about six years ago. She said, Are you this is are you, true? Are you are you are you BSing me? No, 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 no. This is totally <laughs> true. She so goes, Are you he ran mule rides to feed the cult of all 14 women and they, you know, they left to, for Michigan. They ended up in Michigan, she and her mom. And uh I never knew her, you know, and then but I knew of her oh. and she she contacted me and she says, is your dad Pocono Adventures on mules? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I'll go, yep, same dad. You're not going to find much. In- wow. <laughs> not going to find that on people's profile very often. That is but, exceptional. But, uh, so I want to come see her. And it's one of the reasons I booked it. And the last time I did it, I don't know Michigan, you know, and I said, hey, I'm going to be in Michigan. It was right. like, it was like the, the top of the mitten, and she's down at the thumb. Okay, I, 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 yeah. I'm like, so this time I'll get to see her. And she's coming to the show on Friday and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm jazzed about that. That's and, exciting, Michelle. I, I work with her. She's extremely talented, and I, um, yes. I, You know, if it, what's interesting is on the show that she's, I used to, uh, at uh, Cumulus, the show that she's on. She's the uh, she's the alpha. I mean, she's the main oh, draw. Yeah. I mean, oh, she's yeah. she's the comedy of the show, and the guy that she's on with. Thinks he is, but he's not. Michelle's a funny one of the group, and so there's, there's a little bit of a dynamic of, uh-oh, uh oh, Michelle's super funny, and and dude is a little insecure. Okay, uh, so yeah, and, you well. know, and that's and but somehow it works. And Michelle's, I mean, she's uh, been in, in in West Michigan forever, so that's yeah. that's all good. And she's a pro, she's a pro, and we've had wonderful experiences where i've been her co-host before you know or so you know like a sub co-host i mean so i just i saw that she's area area code 616 and i contacted her and said what you're coming here and so i was i was so excited i'll be on her show and she's she's calling some other people to go on there because i'm really not that familiar with the area and they're not familiar with me so i'm really hoping that we can, we can, you know, pack it out and have right. a great time. and Well, that's nice. Yeah. I'm glad she's getting behind the show because she's, uh, the, a lot of people listen to her radio show, so that would be exceptional. Good. If you talk to her, tell her Eric Zane said hello. So I right will. Right. I just talked to her a few minutes ago. I'm going to talk to her again, but yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I'm, I'm really uh, excited about it. Are you going to come to the show too? Absolutely. Like, in fact, I'm going to look. I'm going to figure out exactly when because you're Friday you're, or Thursday, you're at Spectrum. Uh, Friday, you're at Billy's Lounge in Grand Rapids. Yeah, uh, Grand exactly. Rapids. I think and that then, might be the show that I go to. I might hang out with Michelle. Oh, and, and then I'm going to be at a bowling lane? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> Correct. Uh, Thursday's <laughs> a bowling alley. Friday is lounge. And then Saturday, is it's a room adjacent to the facility in Muskegon, oh, I, Michigan. I, I, huge I played that room. I've huge already room. played that room. Yeah. I, wow. I'm playing two bowling alleys. It, oh, yeah. Per, I have a bit in my act about teaching my kids how to bowl to get them off of computers Oh, good! And how, and how wussified they are in this society now i said gutter guards they have gutter guards so skylar doesn't get her gutter to have issues for the rest of his life i said <laughs> i said here's a 16 pound ball build some muscle up you know little worm remote fingers and how about some how about shoes been worn by 900 people you know and they're cleaned by an aerosol poisonous yes. gas clouds it gets in your lungs so you can develop some immunity bubble boy <laughs> <laughs> like I got a strike. I said, no, you didn't. It was four bumpers. That is a zero. And mark it down with a pencil. Learn how to add without a calculator like your dad did. <laughs> that's great. That's great. You're right. Nobody knows how to keep scoring bowling. Nobody knows uh, how to do that. That's how I learned how math. I learned math. I mean, I didn't learn algebra, but I learned math through right. bowling scores. Uh, what course. about what about balancing a checkbook? I still know how to do that. No one knows how No one bothers. There's There's no point to it anymore. You I never know? even thought about that. Oh, yeah, here's another one is we all learn how to drive on a stick shift. Now, if you want to if you want to protect your car from being stolen, just get a stick shift because no millennial, they'll walk in that car and go, oh my God, this dude's got low jack. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> oh that's that's low jack to them now. <laughs> they, right, they, right. There's no one who drives, they can't drive a stick. My son can't even put it in reverse without a camera. Right. <laughs> stall it out. That's fantastic. with with how much comedy that you have written over the years, Craig, do you find yourself like to me you remind me of like an artist who when you're getting set to do your show, you might have a, a current number of things that you that you can obviously do that you may have just written. but do you ever find yourself like uh, I think I'm gonna ditch that because I, I got something that applies to the moment that I just had with this person in the audience. you know you've kind of like you have that fluidity in your show, correct? Absolutely. I mean, there's a general, you know, bullet-pointed outline of places I can go. Plus, I have literally hours of material, so it's like picking a set list. You know, I mean, you can compare it to musicians. Um, unfortunately, they can't change their lyrics. Like, you have your best, best of songs and stuff. Like, I have this character, the Love Master, I keep changing lines all the time. You know, I even have COVID love master lines, but, you know, you go see Springsteen, you, you won't, you're not going to hear, baby, I'm born to trot. I'm born to jog today. <laughs> you know, he's got to do the lyrics that they're going to sing along with. So, so yeah, I mean, it's, it is fluid and it's based on mo every bit of my act. What I love about it is it is all based on my experiences. So nobody can politically correct me because this is me. This isn't like my opinion. This is things that, these are things that are have happened. You can't deny them. You can't deny my reality. And you know, like you were saying, is that true about your cult leader father? You know, you can't be mad that I had a cult leader father. No, (laughs) no. You know, I mean, it's like you're not gonna, you know, cancel culture me because I had a dad with a harem of women. You sexist? No, yeah, you was a sexist. (laughs) You know what I mean? What are we gonna do? You know, I'm just just describing things the way they are, and people really relate to it. You know, I'm, I'm just really connecting. And that's what i think we need more of is it's that ethereal connection that we have yep and it's so lost right now as people are just battling for their territories and their tribalism that's going on right now especially during this COVID, this scary time you know people are just going in all these lanes and they're forgetting you know there's a whole other connected lane in the middle somewhere you don't have to be part of one tribe or the other and think that the other one should be demeaned or diminished and that's what's really unfortunate comedians we're we're right there to expose all the sides. We're there to tell, we're the curtain pullers. Tell the truth. Let's share the truth. Let's be okay with the truth. Let's have fun making fun of ourselves. And not, I always say, take laughter seriously. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, what do you, okay. Um, so you, you kind of touched on cancel culture. And I, I, I kind of am like, I think, I think what's really gotten alarming is the, like there was the guy who was the producer of Jeopardy, uh, Mike Richards. And yeah. he made he was joking on his podcast, right? About, about who cares what? But was it years ago? It was years ago. And right. they and yeah, they and uh, uh, a a, uh, a blog hunted it down, poured over the episodes, listened to them. A actual this is a career hit that took place. Loses the gig, Sony fires him. He's done, and he was screwing around the way everybody in the world does. It just so happened. And then nobody listened to the podcast and he made the mistake of it was still available. And you know what? I, who cares about whether he was good or bad at it? This man's career has ended. And that's disgusting to me. My friend, my friend and neighbor, Chris Harrison of The Bachelor. He had one little yeah. interview and just, you know, kind of like took it a, a different way. He was trying yeah. to be, he was trying to be open. He is, you know, what I always say is it's about your intent. Look, if you're a racist prick, you know, we know it, but well, you don't have to dig, you know, it. it's who you, it's who you are. It's who you are. You know, when you start seeing people trying to, you know, condemn, you know, the you know, Black Lives Matter or whatever it is, when it's like, well, why would you? Why don't you just listen? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. So why you would is because you have that intent. So my intent is to listen to everybody. You know I mean? That's and because we're all, it's a global thing. We're involved, ironically, a global pa- pandemic. We're also involved in a global solution. So what's the solution? The only one is to come together. And when you start picking people apart, by the way, the talk about glass houses. These people that are the debunkers and things and people that are picking things, they, they are guilty as worse usually. And they're projecting their own crap onto someone else that's what if you break this down that's all it is it's a projection of stuff that you're not identifying in yourself so you know why don't you just chill it out you know what and go to someone privately and say hey this offended me why do you have to bring it public because you are a virtue signaler. you want to look like the good person you want to look like the person who's like exposing this thing well what does that make you you know what i mean what is are you proud of that because you could go to that person, and he's going to hear a much better lesson than this shaming thing that and finger pointing and blaming, you know, discovering something from the past. We all have a past. I'm, I'm glad I'm not as famous as I used to be. I, I got famous in the pre-cancel culture social yes. media era. Okay, I was, I, I got famous in the postcards on on uh, on telephone poles era. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, so I can imagine, I mean, I did terrible things. You go back to my teens, I mean, I should be in prison, you know what I mean? But we all, had, Tim Allen wouldn't have a career. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I be, mean. There would be no home improvement, no home, no, all those years and all those movies and no, you know, voice of, uh, you know, Buzz Lightyear. If if he, if they went with, he was literally in prison, he, he, you know, he wouldn't yeah. be Michigan, Michigan's finest these days, they would have taken him down and right they would, that it's the case with everybody has something that we all must deal with, but how we deal with it, it's a personal choice and it's not up to you to put that on steroids. So the guy from jeopardy, you know, I mean, but to just pull them aside and you know and then we're all doing these apologies fine make, make if you find it necessary to apologize if that cleans your side of the street you should do that but it shouldn't be somebody forcing it because you want to make them feel better and by the way they're not walking away going apology accepted that's fantastic great you had a transformation no they're right. going to go after the next person i think i think we need to start to get a, to a point like let's just say in this fantasy world um mike richard's went in front of the camera and said, yeah, I'm not sorry for that. And, uh, you're just going to have to live with it. And if then Sony said, yeah, Hey, don't worry about this is, this is going to die down. I'm glad you said that. And actually somebody showed some balls and said, yeah, uh, you're just going to have to get over it. I would love to see that start to be the norm because the more that this happens to the Mike Richards of the world, just like you indicated, they feel more emboldened. They're going to go after the next person and it's going to continue to become a problem. Well, you're right, though. You talked about a corporation. These corporations have no balls. I mean, really, do they really believe that because somebody discovered something, this guy's past where he floated something out there that might have been a little offensive, do they really think that there's going to be this mass protest and people are not going to tune? I'm not tuning to that guy from 1994 who said something inappropriate. No, there's nobody out there that's going to change their viewing habits because of that. If anything, if they had the balls, there'd be more people that go. That's a show that you know they're they're out of the box right. thinkers now. I I would watch the show more, and I because I haven't seen it in, in in a while. I was a big Alex Trebek fan, loved the show. I've actually been an answer on the show, which is really like oh, one nice. Of my- one of my flattering moments of the career. Nice. Uh, it wasn't for a good thing that I did, but still, <laughs> I was the co-host of the Magic Johnson show, and that was a Jeopardy answer. Of course. And I was course. also. I was also a, a uh, an answer on uh, Family Feud, and uh, it it got zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Well, hey, you know what? Uh, that's that's uh something to be proud of. You are you are part of the culture of those shows and not everybody can say that. Right. It's it's symbolic of me though. It's like yeah. Magic Magic Johnson was a monumental failure that show. And yet it got me on Jeopardy. You know what I mean? And then and then I was on National Television. So it's like it's the balance of life. I mean there hey. it is in an instant. Like here I'm an answer survey says the love master or love master that you know to my character uh, that's pretty cool and then how many people zero <laughs> you know, that's so, funny that's funny uh, uh but i love it because i you know i teach humor now I, i'm teaching courses As a matter of fact i have a client tomorrow um and i teach people how to alchemize their own humor and turn it into gold like how that can really command a room a better speaker you're better with your employees your better spouse Partner, everything is better with a sense of humor. So, I teach this now how to develop your own sense of humor and really dig down and find how you can share your own experiences. But, a lot of what I teach is about that humility is like, if you keep acting like you're a certain way, I can guarantee you'll never be happy. When you keep going with the image of what it looks like and how you think other people perceive you, you cannot be happy, I assure you. So, if you're listening to this right now or watching this, Take my word for it. I have done the other. I've done every time I go for my image and what things look like and my resume and my Emmys and all this stuff. You know, I have Emmys and I won comedian of the year American Comedy Award. You know what my most valuable trophy is the horse's ass award I won at my ex-wife's family reunion. That says it all. <laughs> <There you laughs> I go. Have, that trophy is ahead of the comedian of the year. Uh, and and to me, that is life. Is yep. is if you look at yourself like you're something, you're you're oh they're always going to take you down too. Every champion someday has to retire. Every champion gets injured. Every champion loses more than a step. Some of them can't even walk. I mean, it's literally life. And maybe this, not. Maybe not this, Tom Brady. Maybe not Tom Brady. My God, that guy is unbelievable, and I want to hate him. I want to. I want to hate. Him. Are you there? Yep, Sorry I'm still here. That. No worries. No worries. No worries. Okay. I was just going to say. Five more touchdowns for that guy last night. You know, you know, and it's not even about that for him. It's like all the other stuff. It's like, can you be any more good looking? He was a geek growing up. And can you be any more good looking? Can you have a hotter wife yes. and have a hotter ex? You know, we'll, all, we'll all take the ex. Plus, yes. he's probably got a nice little money coming in. But I mean, this guy, he has commercials, endorsements, everything. He's got everything. And then he goes from the Patriots. So you're going, ah, it's Belichick. And he wins a championship on team yeah I, it's it's insanity and it's like how good can it be but you know what here's what i do like about it. and i'm a philadelphia eagles fan right on and he beat us in the super bowl i went to the super bowl and he beat us and we beat them too by the way right but, uh, but um and but there was a great pleasure meeting the good looking beating the good looking guy it always helps um but, there was a time i'm sorry you were gonna you were gonna finish your thought i'm sorry that's okay go ahead I was just going to say that there was a time that my Detroit Lions, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, so you know how bad it's been. I do. My Detroit Lions, they had a uh, pretty decent year in the mid-1990s, and they went to Philadelphia in the divisional round to take on the Eagles. And you had Rodney Pete as your quarterback. Uh, this is in 1997? There about. And, mid- they, and, we, and we put an ass whooping oh, on you that I will never forget as long horrible. as I live. It was horrible. It was I was like, "Oh my god. You, you, you do, I have a really special reason for knowing what you're talking the, the exact day that it happened. Yeah. It was I'd say it was probably it was either it was December like 26th, 1996 or 7. So, uh, right? That, yeah, you, it was we, there about, we should look it up. Um, right, by the I way, my all videos still or No, I just something? I just see your uh it just says CS oh no i don't know what to do here <laughs> yeah, that's all it's right fine. even if it's screwed up it doesn't i can still hear you all right good all right well nobody wants to see me anyway uh, so, so <laughs> the reason i know this is i um my friend michael goldberg he wrote cool runnings little giants of course and he's uh, yeah he's a great guy great friend he was directing the movie the love master with farrah fawcett and we were in arizona Okay, And all these people, actually, it started in Michigan. The first couple that ever tell me that I helped them conceive a child was in Michigan. They said, we were told we couldn't have a kid. My husband went home. He did the love master. Yeah, baby. You know. And yeah. they laughed and they had a good time. It loosens things up. You're not stressed. You're trying to have a child. A baby was conceived that time. And another time, another time. So I told Golds and his wife, she was ovulating. I said, try the love master. We're about to watch that game in a condo. And I said, watch. And I said, I, I never forget. I went out and got s- cheesesteaks from a local place in Arizona. And he goes in the other room and does the love master. And we destroyed the lions. And I'll never forget it. That was the day baby Kayla was conceived. <laughs> she was born nine months later. And here's the part that's just crazy epiphany. I had an epiphany because he got brain cancer a year and a half after that. And they said, you have three months to live. And that's when I said, that's when I said, well, what value could I give to him? And what, you know, look at, I'm I'm in the laughter medicine business. And I started a program called Laugh for Life at a cancer facility and started Laughter Heals, the nonprofit. I I encourage people to donate. Anyway, he showed up at all of it. And he lived 15 years past that three-month prognosis. 15 years past the doctors, what they said for him. And that tells you. If any of and so that all happened from that Lions game. Wow. <laughs> so look, so look, you might have had, you know, a big loss. Neither one of them won the Super Bowl that year. So what the hell? And uh, look what you did. You caused a baby, a child, <laughs> to right. be conceived you know, who just graduated from USC and she's beautiful and smart. And look at that. All because that's fantastic. of your stinky Lions. Well, what's interesting is about that game after one, it was, you know what, Craig, it was actually uh, December 30, 1995. Um, and the 95, it was, oh, yeah, okay. it says that All the right. lions and the Eagles were tied after one quarter at seven. So I was probably like, oh yeah, here we go. This is going to be a great game. In the second quarter alone, you hung up 31 points. Yes, it was, a, it was, a, it was, it was a beatdown. Is it the, uh, we declawed the lions Yes, and I, I, funny enough, though Rodney Pete is still a friend of mine and he it was a lion as well.
1: He yes, I remember.
0: I remember when we drafted him from USC. Like, yes. I was a huge fan. I know all about it, man. I'll yes, you, I will I've have him to the listen. Ringer. I will have him listen to this. We still hang out to this day. Yes, yes, uh, that is fantastic. Well, I tell you what, and I, I, I want to leave with this because there's kind of like a hole in the world right now because just last week, uh, uh, amazingly, Norm McDonald passed. You, you have to have some in all of your years of show business. You have to have a Norm McDonald story. I'm guessing, right? I do not really. Actually. Oh no. no! I set you. Uh, I, thought I set you. No, up, but no, I you didn't I, set me up right oh, on sorry. that. Sorry, you, know, you, you must not have got my notes on what to oh. leave him with. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, but I, I, it, it's just remarkable. The only thing I can say. The only thing I can say about him is uh, universally, you know, loved in comedy. Very unique character. Character. Caricature. He's, uh, you know, you almost laugh just at what comes out of his mouth. He does have one of those cadences and. It's fun. I've, I've certainly met them, but I don't really have the stories. I mean, I've had the good news, bad news about my career. Is I've really flourished for, on the road as a headliner. But I, have, I do 90 minutes myself. I have work with one opening act. And some of them turned out that I, Whitney Cummings used to tour with me, actually, in, our, in, um, in Michigan as well. And uh, all these, you know, Dave Chappelle opened for me when he was 14. So Wow. But I don't, unless they're on the way up, I don't really hang with the headliners that sure. much, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm either with my family and I'm not going to hang out at the comedy store. Oh, it's a family. Oh, yeah. Kiss my ass. I'm, I'm going to hang with my real family. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, I, I, you know, I'm, I've just approached the career in a different way and, uh, and uh, no better, no worse than anyone else. So I don't really have the hang with norm mcdonald experiences but certainly all of my peers love him i i love him you know and i think he just put a nice mark in comedy and i think that's a wonderful thing you couldn't be more correct and uh he will be missed but i'm looking forward for the weekend with you i will come and see you friday well it, i will see michelle i will see you now just so that i'll leave all this in the show notes so that people can look it up but of course uh, on Thursday at Spectrum Lanes, Friday at Billy's Lounge, Saturday in Muskegon at Back Alley Comedy Club. Uh, Craig, this has been a pleasure. I really appreciate you taking time and joining me on the show. Oh, it was my pleasure. And sorry, my camera went out, but my eh. my, my buddy called me, and I'm on a phone, so I did. I'm a, I'm a, I'm not good with technology. That's okay. I'm, I'm on That's the okay. information super cul-de-sac. That's where hey. I go. <laughs> hey you did fine no everybody right. saw your beautiful shining face so that's good too but uh, okay. i appreciate you and i'll see you very soon okay see you yes come laugh all right thanks there. thanks Bye. craig talk to you, you buddy it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. bye-bye that's it my interview with craig shoemaker if you want to go see him and i suggest you do in fact like i said friday i'll be going I might even be uh, with michelle mccormick of all people holy cow the band's getting back together you go to fullhousecomedy.com or just click the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you next time.